Good morning. We have two behaviors reflected in our scripture reading this morning. One is four verses long. The one I'd rather read is one. But you'll know why when we get through. Would you stand with me, please, as we read together? (coughs) Psalm 52, 1 through 4. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty man? Why do you boast all day long? You who are a disgrace in the eyes of God, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor, you who practice deceit. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. Selah. You love every harmful word, O you deceitful tongue. Turning from that behavior to Psalm 119, here's an echo of what Pam was finding in verse 105. It's It's a statement of intention. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. I'm going to read that again because it washes the first one, the first section, those four verses out of my mouth. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. Thank you for, thank you for your reading. We've been being lied to for a long time. I mean, we we may look around at the world we live in today and be suspicious of a lot of things we hear or are told, but it's been going on since the beginning of time. It started in the garden. And just just as a reminder of that, um, I want to share some passages from the Old Testament. Um, that deal with that very issue of people being lied to or people who were lying. Isaiah 59, verse 4, which we read to you already. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. This is... um, And then verses 14 and 15 from that same chapter... They rely on empty arguments, they utter lies, they conceive trouble and give birth to evil, so, so justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. That's kind of an interesting picture, isn't it? Truth has stumbled in the streets, honesty cannot enter, truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. Jeremiah 7.28 Therefore say to them, this is the nation that has not obeyed the Lord its God or responded to correction. Truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. Again, Jeremiah, this time chapter 9, verse 3. They make ready their tongue like a bow to shoot lies. That's an interesting picture too, isn't it? 
It is not by truth that they triumph in the land. They go from one sin to another. They do not acknowledge me, declares the Lord. And then Amos 5.10. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. These sound familiar. <laughs> how many of you remember the uh, television program that we, I don't even know how long ago now, To Tell the Truth? You remember that television program? If you don't, if you're too young to remember that. Uh, there was a panel of celebrities. I don't remember if there were three or four of them. Um, and uh, they were presented with three people who all claimed to be the same person with the same incredible talent job, or achievement. So they would all say the name was Joe Smith. And all three of these people that they were going to be interviewed say, my name is Joe Smith, and my name is Joe Smith, and my name is Joe Smith. And, and so, uh, of course, one of these people that has this incredible talent or unusual job or has this great achievement, they have to tell the truth about what's, what they did or who they are. The other two panelists, their job is to trick the celebrity panel into believing that they're actually this person. So the, the panel has to grill each participant before taking turns deciding who they think is telling the truth. Who is really Joe Smith? And you and I, like that panel, only, I know it was just a game show, but you and I, like that pan, panel, have been given the task of discovering the truth. It's our job. We have to sort out truth from lie. Um, someone has said, there is in operation an intense and concerted effort to keep mankind from knowing and living the truth. <clears throat> I saw a quote uh, recently from conservative commentator Ben Shapiro who said this, there is no such thing as your truth. There is truth and your opinion. And many of those opinions are presented as truth, aren't they? <clears throat> and, you know, we see it in, in all realms of life, but the, the things that are most important to us are those things that are distorted in such a way as, as to uh, twist or deny the truth of God's Word. Those are the things we're really concerned about, aren't we? In 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and this is from the New Living Translation, John teaches, this, teaches us the importance of knowing the truth. He says this, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test him, them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and is indeed here already. <clears throat> so, in the case of the churches that John was writing to, there were, there were some false teachings going on. There were some lies being told. There was some deception. And he was saying, here is the, how you discern what is the truth and what is the lie in this particular situation. 
But the point is, there were issues back then, too. People were being lied to. John's readers were facing false teaching. And John encourages them to test the truth, the truth of what they are hearing. And did you know, Jesus, by the way, makes it pretty clear who's behind the lies and deceptions that we deal with. He said in John 8.44, and he's speaking, uh, unfortunately, to the religious leaders at this point, who just challenged him. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So we know where they come from. <clears throat> and then Jesus also said in Matthew twenty four eleven, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. So, Satan has been waging war on mankind for millennia. And one of his primary weapons is that of deception, of lies. And I think we could maybe safely say that we see that tactic intensifying in the day that we live in. Now, the problem is there are a lot of people who have bought into the lies that Satan tells or uses people to tell. Um, And we're warned repeatedly in Scripture not to be deceived. So, why do we end up buying lies? Or why do we buy a lie? Because Jesus warned us, watch out that no one deceives you. That's Matthew 24, 4. In James 1, 16, James writes, Do not be deceived, my dear brothers. In 2 John 1, 7, it says, Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. And then in Colossians 2, 4, Paul says, I tell you this, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. And we have to admit that, that some of the lies that are told, some of the arguments that are out there sound pretty good. Yeah, one that comes to my mind, and <clears throat> I struggle with this issue of, of uh, prophecy sometimes, and I don't mean prophecy as in, well, maybe I do. You know, we preach the Word, but is what we're preaching really the truth of God because we know that there are pastors, preachers out there who claim to preach the truth of God and it's not the truth. It's a, it's a twisted thing. It's a falsehood. <clears throat> but yeah, we live in a world where we get a lot of these messages and some of them come from the pulpit. Well, we're going to talk more about that. There's, but there's some reasons why we buy a lie. First of all is people aren't spiritual. Now, we're talking about spiritual in that we're talking about the Spirit of God dwells in them. There are a lot of people who claim to be spiritual, right? There's all kind of spiritual out there. But people aren't spiritual. They're, the Spirit of God is not dwelling in them. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses, uh, verse 14, and by the way, you're going to get a whole bunch of Scripture today because it speaks to this issue a lot better than I can, okay? 1 Corinthians 2.14, New Living Translation. But people who aren't spiritual can receive these truths, can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolishness to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So, we see that all the time. The Bible tells us there is God. Only God. There are people out there say, there's no God. It's foolishness to them. We say, your sins can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus. What? First of all, I don't need forgiving. That's a lie that's out there. Everyone's good. We're all basically good. And there's even this thinking that if you believe in heaven or, well, hell's kind of been thrown out. So if you believe in heaven, we're all headed there eventually. Well, maybe not. Maybe not because there's a lot of things in God's words that says our sin in his sight, but we've kind of... No, 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 that's not. That's okay now. That's a, Oh, but we've decided there are a few things out there that are still sin. And so, as long as I haven't done those few things, I'm good to go. Right. You, you see the lie there? Um, that same passage of Scripture, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, this is the NIV. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So there's a lot of things that the Bible says that people just cannot accept because they are things that are spiritually discerned. And if you don't have the Spirit within you, you're saying, this makes no sense to me, this is crazy, this is foolish. I can't buy into this. Makes sense. Another reason we buy the lie is because truth is the, the truth the truth that we believe is based on something that is not Scripture. There's a lot of things out there today, I believe, that are culturally acceptable. Things that we tolerate in our culture that are not scriptural. They're not scripturally correct. We tolerate things that the Scripture tells us are sin. We give approval. Not only tolerate, we give approval to some of those things. John Bevere states this in his book, Driven by Eternity, about the up-and-coming eternal judgments that we will face. That's what the book is about. And he says, many today are not building their lives on the, the, the eternal God's Word, but rather on cultural thinking, tradition, assumptions and emotional feelings about who God is. This doesn't just apply to people who are not Christians, but to many believers as well. It's a scary thing to believe something temporal as being the eternal truth. If this is done, your foundation is faulty and setting you up for a sure fall. You'll believe a lie and are in a deceived state. I'm amazed at how many people I meet who base their lives on what's not eternal. 
Some will tell me of God and their belief in His Son, but whom they declare just isn't the one revealed in His Word. In other words, the Son they believe in isn't the Son revealed in Scripture. He's somebody different. Um, the deception runs deep. How can they believe what they have simply imagined within their own minds? Shaped by a society that has already been declared contrary to God's nature. Jesus said, He who does not receive my word has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him that day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. He goes on to say, There is a judgment day which has been appointed from the foundation of the world. That day will not bring new revelations of the truth. It will, it will measure all things by what has already been spoken. His word, which we currently possess, will judge us in that day. It is eternal. It is final. There are no exceptions, alterations, or revisions. Wouldn't, wouldn't it benefit, benefit us to know and live by what he says rather than assume what he said. The judgments made in that day are called eternal. And I think I shared this <coughs> scripture with you recently, but I'm going to share it again. Excuse me. <coughs> See to it that no one takes you captive to hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. But we see that happening all the time and sadly from the pulpit even. Which leads us to this. Another reason we buy the lies is because we listen to the wrong people. Galatians 1, 6 and 7. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, Paul says, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a, diff- a different way that pretends to be the good news. But this is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Ephesians 4, 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Romans 16, verses 17 and 18. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive, naive people. And then Acts 20, verse 30. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So, Paul gives us this little bit of advice then. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm, and those who are behind the lies that we're being told. And sometimes they use the pulpit for those lies, to perpetrate those lies. So Paul 
explains the realities of evil in our world. And boy, isn't that a different picture than what we would see as popular, our popular ideas about evil. We've kind of got this comical picture of evil. It's this little guy with horns and a pitchfork, and he's got on this red suit kind of a thing, or a robe, you know. And then there's a Hollywood view of evil. Remember the Star Wars movies? The Darth, the Darth Vader, and the Darth Maul, and the Darth Sidious, these guys all dressed in black, and you could just tell that they were bad guys. They were evil. (coughs) Haunting faces and piercing eyes. But is that really the picture of evil? Probably not. Evil is more likely to be found in more acceptable and palatable forms. And so, we might find evil in comedians or actors or singers or politicians or news commentators or athletes or pastors. The Apostle Paul said, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. We have to be careful, don't we? Just because someone we admire says it doesn't mean it's true. And Paul also speaks of the schemes of the devil. The the Greek word here is methodia, or the methods of the devil. Well, probably the most important is that of deception. I mean, the word devil means deceiver. In fact, he's so good at this, so adept at this, that he's not afraid to use the Bible to trick you with. In fact, that's one of his favorite schemes, especially among believers. In the Garden of Eden, he tempted Adam and Eve, beginning with God's words to them. And he caused them to doubt God's words and finally to disobey. In the wilderness, he tried to tempt Jesus by quoting Scripture. We have to be careful who we listen to. Another reason we may buy a lie is because we don't like the truth, so we choose our own. Isaiah 30, verse 9, excuse me, verses 8 through 10. Isaiah 38 through 10. Now go and write down these words, write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness that these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instruction. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. We don't like the truth, so we choose our own. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So, if I don't like the truth, I just choose one of my own. What, you know, what suits me? What suits my lifestyle? 
Another reason we buy a lie is we don't know the Scripture. Yeah. Isaiah 40, verse 21. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words He gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? Matthew 22:29. Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. 2 Peter 3:16. And Peter here is referring to Paul. Some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. Oh, how important it is for us to know the Scripture. In fact, uh, it's critical in avoiding error. See, we, we have a lot of things that sound really good, and if you don't know the truth of Scripture, then you won't know when you're in error. Two times in the book of Proverbs, uh, and there are, so let's say, two books apart. It's Proverbs 14 and Proverbs 16. Proverbs 14, verse 12 Proverbs 16, verse 25, it says exactly the same thing twice. 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man. That sounds good to me. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So, It's critical to us to know what is true so that we can avoid the error. Well, that seems right. It sounds good. So how do we do that? Number one, we know the Word. Ruth E. Ben Rankin said, Our human reasoning alone isn't enough to discern truth from error. The best protection against deception is to know God's revealed truth in the Bible. Philosopher Soren Kierkegaard. Christian truth itself has eyes to see with. In fact, it is all eyes. <clears throat> That's very disquieting. Yes, it is. Think of looking at a painting and discovering that the painting was looking back at you. That's what we see in those Precisely such is the case with Christian truth. It is looking back at me to see whether I do what it says I should do. And listen to this quote from Ray Stedman. This is from his, his comments on the parable of the weeds in the field from Matthew 13. He says, notice that a major point of this parable is to give us a clue to the way the enemy works most successfully. It is by imitation, by counterfeit. How simple it would be if evil people would only look evil. Wouldn't that help a lot? 
If hypocrites would only snarl and growl a little bit, it would help so much. But they always look so pleasant. They always talk so sweetly. They are such nice people. And that is why we go along with their ideas. We cannot believe that such nice people could be so far wrong. And unless we use the Word of God to evaluate their teachings, we can be deceived by the niceness of people who are imitation, counterfeit apostles, as the Word of God calls them. Psalm 8, 86, verse 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your word. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. And then back to Psalm 119, Pam. Verses 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. That the longest, well, has the most most verses of any uh, chapter in the Bible. And it's all about the beauty and the value and the importance of of God's word. So we need to be people who search the Word. We need to be a Berean. Remember in Acts chapter 17, Paul went to Berea and preached to the Bereans. And, and you know what they did? They searched the Word of God to see if what Paul was telling them was true. Because Paul didn't refer to the New Testament. Paul didn't say, well, in Matthew, no, he referred to the Old Testament. Well, they had the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament paints a picture of Jesus who is to come. And, and Paul was preaching Jesus. And so when he did, whoop, they went back. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh yeah, Paul said this. Oh yeah, it's true. And they opened the Scriptures to make sure that Paul was on target. Because they didn't want to be deceived. Let's hear it for the Bereans. Let me quote some, uh, Acts 17.11. Now, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Oops. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scripture every day to see if what Paul said was true. And by the way, they weren't just doubting Thomas's. It says they received the message with great eagerness. But it also says they examined the Scripture to make sure that what Paul was saying was true. You know, it would be really easy to say, man, we've heard about this Paul guy. He started started churches all over the known world. There was this amazing conversion in his life. So, if he says it, it must be right. But that's not what they said, was it? They checked him out. And, and the word for is they examined the word, the scriptures daily. Here means that they scrutinized it. 
They didn't just take for granted what Paul told them. They looked carefully to make sure it was the truth. And then, something that will help us not to buy a lie, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is to come. So the Spirit's message and power can only be understood by the help of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11-16 through 16. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ because of His Spirit within us. We are able to discern by the Spirit the truths of God's Word. We need the Spirit of wisdom in order to discern truth. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If ever there was a time when the body of Christ, followers of Jesus, needed wisdom, it's now. So, His wisdom. His wisdom is what brings us an understanding in this world of confusing messages. His wisdom is what helps us to see in the darkness of this world. His wisdom is what helps us to see if something is true or false. His wisdom illuminates our minds to deception and danger. His wisdom sees the trap of the enemy and exposes it to us. His wisdom guides us down the narrow path of life. His wisdom tells us we are right when many others tell us we are wrong. Boy, that's hard, isn't it? Oh, how we need the wisdom of God in these days. How we need to be people who are keen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How we need to be people who are students of the Scripture. This is the truth. It's unchanging. It always has been. It always will be. It's not going to go out of date or out of style. Listen, God is eternal. He knew what we would be be dealing with in 2021. And He gave us the Word that would speak to us in 2021. He gave us the Word that's true, and it's a Word that will reveal the lies that Satan tries to get us to believe. And... He uses any number of methods or means for folks to do it. 
So may we be people whose spiritual antennas are up, who love the Word of God and read it and memorize it. That's a tough one, isn't it? The older I get, the harder I get. Man, I've been trying to memorize Romans chapter 12. It is like juggling. I'm trying to learn to juggle. I'm not being very successful at that either. But <clears throat> Choose a passage that kind of flows along the same thoughts. That's the problem. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from memorizing Romans chapter 12, but Paul just changed the subject continually through that. And so that's part of my problem. You know, it's the one, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And he talks about the body of Christ and the gifts God's given us. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And Anyway. But, here's the thing, here's the thing. Even though I don't have it down cold in my mind, word for word, I know what it says. See, at least get that far, folks. Have a pretty good idea of how you can at least paraphrase it. Alright? And that's the thing that's going to hold you when the lies you're bombarded. Amen. Well, let's be people. We've got to be. We've got to be. Uh, It's like this tidal wave of deception that I think sometimes we feel like it's going to wash us away and we have to stand tall. So we have to be, this is a time to be bold and courageous in our world. Alright? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth. And I love it where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is found in Jesus Christ. And oh God, give us wisdom and discernment and understanding because there are those out there that can, can twist the scripture just enough to lead us astray. Oh God, we oh may we be like those Bereans that Paul commended who just Listen, when we hear it, we just don't take it as truth because somebody we admired said it. We search the scriptures to make sure it's true. And it encourages me, Father, I will say to you, and for our, the sake of our people, it encourages me when I see them writing down these scripture references that I give in a, in a passage, uh, in, a, in a message, because they're going to check it out. And Lord God, that's, that's how we need to be. We need to be... This is serious business. This, this business of truth and lie is serious business. And to believe a lie has... Well, it's harmful. And it can have eternal impact in our lives. And we're seeing how destructive it is in our culture. And Lord God, it just... It brings us back to the fact of how important it is for us to be people to know and love and live the truth. So, may we do that through the power of your Holy Spirit at work in us. And I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.